What's happening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapping with Reef Bum. I'm your host, Keith Perkle. So on today's live stream, I have the pleasure of welcoming Evan Montgomery from Reef Builders to the show. What's happening there, Evan? Hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? So, all right, before we start chatting with Evan, I want to thank the sponsor for this show, Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine. I really, really appreciate these companies supporting the show and I appreciate all you folks out there tuning in. We got a lot of people coming into the stream I can see, and I thank you for that. Please spread the word by hitting that like button. I see we've already got over 40 people watching, only 12 likes. Let's get those likes up, folks, so uh, more people can find the, uh, the live stream. And as always, encourage uh, comments and questions. I think um, Evan and I were talking. We'd uh, certainly like this to be an interactive uh, live stream, so... Foster questions in the uh, in the chat. So Evan, man, you're yeah. I've got uh, I've got the chat room up on my iPad over here too, so I'm keeping an eye on you guys. All right, I'm gonna throw you a curveball, man. <clears throat> you're a right. big, you're a big skier. I'm a big skier. Let's just forget talking about reef keep. Let's just talk about skiing tonight. What, what do you say I we do, do that? that? <laughs> I can have just as much fun talking about skiing all night. <laughs> Mark Vanderwall, what's up, man? What's happening there, Mark? There's Mark. Yep. Welcome to the uh, to the live stream. Yeah, I mean. Um, so you got uh, we got restock coming up and, and yeah that's uh, I guess that was the original what this time slot was was uh, this was Jake's time slot originally so um, he was going to come on and do some restock promotion so that's what I'm here to do today yeah he, and, he among um, other things he reached out to me a while ago you know um, and and said hey could I be uh, could I be on the live stream in in uh, in February I just want to kind of do a little promotion about the uh, restock, but we're gonna um, we're gonna talk a lot about uh, that, and I think maybe we'll save that um, for later on in the uh, in the live stream. But um, yeah, man, I thought it would be kind of cool to just kind of get to know you in terms of um, you know you've you've been a reef keeper for a long time yourself, and and um, you're oh, becoming yeah. a lot more visible, obviously, in on the uh, on the reef builders uh, YouTube channel. But uh, Evan, man, why don't we um, why don't we kind of like start by talking about your journey in, in terms of reef keeping and how it how it kind of all started and and you know how you ended up um, you know with with reef builders. Uh, well, I was in fifth grade, and my friend Angela back in the day got me a betta fish, and that kind of started it all. Um, I can't say like a year later, I probably had twenty aquariums. And none of it was like fancy, anything, you know, crazy. It was just, you know, teardowns from the classifieds in the newspaper that we'd go drive across town and go pick up a used 20-gallon tank with a goldfish in it or something like that. Um, so, yeah, that beta fish, that uh, that started a whole uh, whole addiction, that's for sure. Um, and then, I mean, it wasn't more than a couple of years before I started uh, dabbling into the saltwater, for sure. So, um, I mean, that was fifth grade. So, I was like 10, 11 years old, something like that. Wow. And, and and yeah, so that was you know about twenty years ago. So how did uh, how did the reef uh, tank thing uh, happen for you? Well, I mean, I was you know I grew up basically on Reef Central. I feel like Reef Central, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and uh, you know there was a few podcasts back in the day that I'd listened to. Um, shout out to Mark Levinson did one. This guy named Rob Weatherly did one back in the day. Um, Tom and Nevin Bailey did a podcast called Pet Fish Talk that you could call into on uh, like a radio show, basically. Um, and I called in almost every week <laughs> talking about something that was great, um, you know, talking about RO units or tiger barbs, you know, it was a little bit of everything. So 
Um, those guys definitely um, going out. I even visited them, their wholesale fish place in San Diego. Wow. Um, so those guys definitely are on the freshwater end of things got me got me in deep. Um, saltwater wise, yeah, I guess you know Reef Central was my my. <laughs> For better or worse, Reef Central was uh, was it back in the day. So, um, um, it, it's see. it's kind of changed though, right? Because um, you know, I mean, obviously Reef Reef Central's changed a lot. But oh, um, well, yeah. I mean, I still go on there occasionally, and there's still a few recent posts, but it's not it's there's not a whole lot of substance there. It's a uh, it's a shell of its former self. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I too was uh, that was the first forum I ever discovered was uh, was Reef Central, and yeah, there was um, there was a lot of um, information to be had on on um, on that uh, in that forum, and I think it was um, maybe easier to kind of navigate that stuff back then versus today because there's just so many different sources of information out there, and it, it can kind of be hard. I, I would especially think for uh, people just getting into the hobby. Try to yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't even begin to keep up with all the YouTube videos just enough, just for this hobby, let alone everything else I want, want to watch on there. So uh, there's a lot of content now. It's kind of, it, it would be difficult to parse as a new person coming into the hobby. I could imagine, yeah. Um, Farm Frag says, uh, "Wet Web Media was my go-to." I remember that yeah, Wet Web Media that rings a bell. What's happening, Amanda Meckley? <laughs> oh no, Wet Web Media. That was Bob Fenner's site. Of course, it rings a bell. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yep. Um, but yeah, things uh, things have changed a little bit in terms of where we get our information. That's for sure. Was was there anybody on um, on Reef Central or anybody locally that was kind of a um, somebody that inspired you in terms of reef tanks? Did you sort of follow their methods? Um, can't really say I followed meth. Well, I followed uh, Mark Levinson's two hundred and eighty gallon build thread you know, from beginning to end. So following that gave me a lot of things to think about and into, you know, how I kind of wanted to assemble my own tanks. You know, I've never done a tank that big. This 90 behind me is the biggest tank I've ever had at my, you know, in my own house, um, which I think, you know, I might go up a little bit bigger than that, but for a home tank, I don't, I don't need that much water in my house. <laughs> yeah. Now it, um, I've, um, I've kind of had a quite a journey myself i mean i i, I started similar to what uh, you did in terms of the uh, the beta fish i started with a um well a goldfish and i've told this story before but uh, i want a goldfish at a carnival and i had to um, pick up a two i picked up a two gallon tank to house and to quickly uh you know take the bucket and then i just kept getting bigger and bigger tanks and then i uh, you know i was i started with freshwater tanks and planted aquariums and all that stuff and then reef tanks and it's the, uh, you know, it's part of the addiction, man. You know, you just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, for you, like, what would be, uh, you know, a dream tank for you if you had the space and, and the time and the money? Uh, I mean, not to jump ahead in the conversation, but, I mean, that's kind of why me and Jake kind of had a similar thing that we wanted to do when we built the studio because the, the there is no one dream tank, <laughs> mm. you know, a mixed reef of any size is, is not that, you know, you got to have got to have multiple tanks you know i'm sitting here in my living room and i've got eight aquariums around me and then i go to work and have 25 <laughs> tanks at the studio or something like that so the, that's that's like the ultimate the ultimate tank is 25 tanks yeah. I think. good answer man <laughs> mark vanderwall any money anybody remember aqualink there was that's where we all were before reef central but then we got tired of the heavy moderation so then john l started reef central 
Aqualike. Yeah, I mean, that name rings a bell, but I can't say I was ever on there. Yeah. But uh, Reefer Madness, and uh, there's a bunch of sites back in the day that oh, there, there <laughs> are was... probably still around. Yeah, but... I mean, there was a website, Reefer Madness, that sold corals. I remember that. Yeah, there was that. They had a forum on there, Did too, they? didn't they? Uh, I don't remember that. I, think... I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, man. So you um, you mentioned your ninety right behind you. I um, you um, let's see. I got some video right here of the uh, of the ninety. So this is a, a video that uh, you pointed me towards that I ripped from uh, the Reef Builders YouTube channel. That's you standing in front of right there, uh, Evan. This is about a year ago, and and it's, so it's changed a little bit versus what we see behind you um, today. But it's it's a pretty impressive collection of um, of uh, stony corals in there, and um, so it looks like you've done some re-aquascaping, uh, and and uh, so I don't know, man. Tell tell us about the uh, the tank and and what you do to uh, keep it ticking. And obviously, is uh, it looks like a very healthy uh, reef tank. So whatever you're doing is seems to be working, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not a lot has changed since that video that you're showing, other than just growth. You know, I haven't taken any corals for the most part and just rearrange the furniture, so to speak, you know, um, things I've just kind of left them be where they, where they are sometimes to the detriment of, uh, of things getting shaded out. You know, there are a few, you know, Monty's that I had down on the bottom down here that are just, they haven't seen light for six months now. Um, uh, the, this side of the tank, I don't know, lefts and rights on the cameras is weird, but this side of the tank over here, um, just a couple weeks ago, um, had a bird's nest. There was a big chalice that was grown onto the overflow box. Um, and it was just as grown in as the other side of the tank. So, but I finally got around to just going in there and ripping out that bird's nest. You know, I've got a big squamosa clam and I'll let a couple Montiporas get shaded out, but I'm not letting my squamosa get is shaded that a, out. Is that a blue, bird, is that but, a blue squammy? Um, yeah, I believe, yeah, I mean, it is blue, so. Nice. I, that, that has always <laughs> been a, you know, a thing, well, I used to keep clams years ago. I just don't keep them anymore because I've just had no luck keeping clams the last uh, few years, but when I was really into clams, you know, that was like always kind of like my holy grail clam was a blue squammy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got this as just a little guy, so, you know, he's pretty sentimental to me at this point. I definitely wasn't going to lose him to a bird's nest. Yeah. So this side of the tank is looking a little empty right now, and I do need to go in and trim out some more dead stuff that I didn't get a chance to pull out yet. But um, once this side of the tank is looking better, then I'm going to tackle this side of the tank. I kind of hate to do it all at once, and then there's just nothing pretty to look yeah. at. At least half the tank looks yeah. good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, bird's nests can grow fast you know and oh yeah i mean i left a chunk of it still back there the size of a baseball and that's not going to be long so in in the uh in the video that i showed um before about it this is about a year ago um did i see the uh, the crystal experiment in the tank i didn't have the crystal experiment okay, because it looked, uh, it looked like a, a no. plating uh like a green cupping monty that was the langsai uh langsai cap gotcha. which is all just just as nice i mean the crystal experiment's like really interesting but the length size is one of those classics. So. Yeah, no, because I, I remember when I was talking to uh, Chris Meckley on, on the last uh, time I had him on the live stream, I think we were talking about the crystal experiment. And, uh, you know, it was one of those corals that Jake actually collected. And it's got this really cool growth formation on it. Yeah, I've got, do I? I don't even have any in that tank right now. I do have some over in my 40 gallon. Oh, yeah. 
I don't know. I move so many, I don't know, corals are everywhere coming out my ears these days. <laughs> I can't keep track of where it is. So, uh, all right, man, talk to us about the, uh, the setup behind you in terms of the lighting and, and the, um, you know, um, calcium and alkalinity supplementation, the, uh, the, the kind of like the, uh, the guts behind the, uh, the tank. Yeah. Uh, Radeon Gen 4s, uh, Vortex, uh, Nero 5. Um, I guess maybe I'll just go ahead and pull yeah. the camera off and we can give it yeah. a little tour. Why not? And then let me go ahead and switch my microphone too so yeah. I can walk around. Uh, oh, while you're doing that, Andy's got a question for you. Which are Evan's favorite yeah. reef builders' corals? I don't know if the Lang size is considered a reef builders' coral, but now that we mention it, I mean that's definitely one. Um, basically, all the Jake corals, the ones he collected, you know, I mean, kind of at this point, they became my favorites, um, you know, for obvious reasons. I think at this yeah. point. Um, the, the immortal torrent, um, galaxias are, they suck at a this coral cause they're so mean, yeah. but like, I, I kind of love them, you know, um, as far as like reef builders coral though, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, the um, Palau Estrella is another one that Jake collected. Um, the, uh, Manila spy, that's the name That's uh, a cool Montipora Carinata, something like that. Um, that's it's kind of like the crystal experiment with the branching, but it doesn't do the encrusting thing that, that I've I got seen, a I got a brag uh, I got much. a brag from Meckley of the uh, ACI Manila Spy, dude. It is like it is just growing so fast. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, mine's got Montsport eating nudibranchs, and ah. it's out. It's growing faster than the nudibranchs <laughs> can eat it. <laughs> that's what you need: fast-growing corals when you got pests in the tank, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I'll just trim the base off of that at some yeah, point. Yeah, well, they're but... doing you a favor then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're kind of slowing, slowing it down for me a little bit. Yeah, right, let me switch. I'll, I'll put it on this other microphone here so you can hear me when I walk around. Keep those questions coming, folks. We'll uh, try to put them in the bank here and get to them right away. I got audio output here too. <clears throat> Rob upstate New York, my icon is the Lang side. It's such a cool uh, Montepora. <clears throat> sounds like sounds like your faucet's dripping. <laughs> no, that's an overflow on the on the I figured it was, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I don't have a, a gate valve on there. Gotcha. So uh, tuning it, I have to just use the uh, control for the pump, and I only get 10% increments. Uh -huh. And it's just 10% is not fine enough control. So, yeah, that does sound like a drippy faucet. All right, we, get, we got you. Yeah. Any, uh, while we're uh, getting situated, Which, any uh, right. specific, um, Paul, great beard reefer moderator yes. is asking uh, any specific lighting profile in the XR30s? Um, basically the AB plus and then bring the whites down. Gotcha. What the heck? Oh, you're trying to get your phone to switch your phone to the camera. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally just unplugged it from power and then it oh. like, totally disappeared as an option. Well, uh, maybe we can just talk about something else while I figure yeah. this out. Um, <laughs> 
Another comment about the Manila Spy, uh, Piotra. I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. I got a frag of the Manila Spy from Chris at Aquashell, Chicago, and wow, it's beautiful, grows super, and I love the story behind it. Yeah, it is. Um, Bobby Heath Keith, so if you ever set up another tank, I guess you're turned off of dry rock. <laughs> yeah, I got another. I got another video about uh, dry rock coming out. <laughs> Um, ain't happening. No, no, I can't even find my phone as, as a camera source. So I guess, uh, all right, we'll just, we'll just move yeah. on for now. I'll try to figure that out in the background as we go. So <laughs> we'll do the tank tour, uh, when the time is yeah, right. You know, so I think part of what I saw in that video was that you also had a, uh, Destocto, uh, Destocto, uh, calcium reactor. Right, so that that uh, tank is is um, <clears throat> being fed by that calcium reactor, and are you using anything else like any cockwasser or? Um... Yeah, pretty much uh, all three um, ways that you can supplement. I'm doing it. Um, before I ripped out all that bird's nest and the uh, sprung stunner, that calcium reactor wasn't keeping up, and I was I had some dosing pumps doing about 30, 40 parts of uh, two parts every yeah. day, and then I also have a calc uh, calcium Kalkwasser reactor <laughs> that uh, drips. Uh, I'd have to check, but I think it's like two liters a day or something like gotcha. that. What's your um, what's your pH range in that uh, system? You know, I haven't really tested for a while. Oh, long really? Time. You don't even have, have a controller in that to... tank, huh? No, I mean I have a little. No, there's I'm I am the controller, yeah, yeah, as Jake yeah. would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a little pH pen that occasionally I'll calibrate quote-unquote calibrate with the solution i don't know it's it's supposedly it's a reliable brand but i've had i don't trust the results because it'll give me like 7.0 and i'm like i know my yeah you're not 7. at 7.0 yeah <laughs> even right after i calibrated it'll give me like 7.0 so um uh no i don't know wow so i should go grab we have a really nice hannah bluetooth one down at the studio that you pair up to your phone i should go and that was like our always our standard that jake really trusted yeah um, and seems like, or, you know, at least it was the one that gave us numbers that we liked. So I should go grab that and bring that home one day and actually find out. But I mean, everything's, I've, you know, it's not giving me a reason to test the pH, you know, a lot of times I'll test the alkalinity and it's way low or something like that. Also, I don't, I mean, knock on wood, my corals are pretty resilient when it comes to the chemistry, <laughs> it seems like. So, so, uh, Mark has got an interesting question here. Evan, any thoughts on elevation in regards to a reef aquarium? Hmm. Never thought about that. Um, so there aren't actually any stores up here anymore, but back when there were shops up here, just like some little pet shops with some freshwater stuff like that, that I'd buy fish from back when I was a kid. Um, I'd always hear the owners complaining like, man, I lost half my fish that came in because of the elevation. And that's, that has nothing to do with it. They, they just sucked at running a local fish store. Um, so, I mean, I, not that I've noticed in any way other than protein skimmers. Um, most protein skimmers are, like, calibrated, if you want to put it that way, when they're made to run at sea level. So I definitely have to do a little different tweaking. And sometimes this protein skimmer almost seems like it's, like, choking on air huh. um, up here. Because um, where I live up here, and I'm in the mountains. So, you know, people think Denver is high, you know, a mile high. But I'm almost a mile higher than so that. So what's your uh, what 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 altitude are you at? Uh, I'm just sort of nine, I think, right, Ooh, or just about nine wow. right, right here. Pretty high up. But you know, I'm surrounded by steep mountains. To get between here and 
in Denver, you know, I have to go up over. It's kind of like a pass, through, you know, on the interstate through a tunnel. And that tunnel is at 11 something. So, Yikes. you know, when we pack bags of fish, we have to leave a little room for expansion for sure. <laughs> Jeez, man, that's 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 an effect that I guess the elevation has is, you know, how you pack fish. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think anything what else. What about carbon but, dioxide? Uh, oh, the, um, I can't think of anything that would be different about anything having to do with carbon dioxide up here versus anywhere else. Um, the lights on our fans or, you know, the, the fans on our lights, sorry. Uh, the fans do run faster up here because there's less air that they're pushing through. So, you know, I'll run my lights sometimes like a little XR15. Um, if it gets any dust in there, that fan is good, like at top speed. So I got to keep my fans cleaner because, you know, they're already running, I don't know what, maybe 20% faster. I obviously haven't done any studies on that. But, um, yeah, other than that. Um, as far as like the actual fish themselves, like I imagine there might be some like swim bladder acclimation that they go through yeah. um, when you bring them up to a higher elevation. But you know, when you think about the, how quickly water pressure builds up, like if you're a scuba diver, you know, like 33 feet is equivalent to the entire atmosphere above our heads. So coming up, even you know, even almost two miles. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know how, how tall is the atmosphere? It's a lot more than two miles. <laughs> so Andy's <laughs> so I'm saying it's, it's a relatively a, a small change that they would experience if any at all. So all the, uh, great bearded reef says, damn, I was huffing and puffing on the treadmill at 67.5 feet. I'm assuming that's above sea level. So <laughs> laugh out loud. Um, Andy's wondering like dry air, lots of evaporation. Do you have more evaporation? Would you say uh, at at altitude, or is that not the case? Um, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, our we have you know, if I cracked a window, that's ten percent humidity at tops, so I can dry it out in here real good, which is which is nice. Uh, I don't see any downsides to having the low humidity. Um, yeah, it would evaporate more, but then that would also allow you to dose more calcwasser if that's the route you wanted yep, to go. Yep. Um, Chris ACI, what's up, buddy? What's up, Evan and Keith? What's up, Chris? What's up? <laughs> Um, what are the, uh, yeah. So, uh, speak, speaking of Chris, uh, something from tank and, uh, some tanks. Oh, there we go. I got my, got my camera. Hey, going. we got the camera going. <laughs> Just all of a sudden randomly it started working. No, I, re I was rebooting my phone. Ah, uh, when in doubt reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Turn it off. Turn it on again. And then actually for now I can go back to this microphone too. Okay. Um, yes, Chris, um, he was, when he was out at the studio, he noticed that we've uh, had some dinoflagellate problems in one or two of our tanks and actually my frag tank back here has just been a mess with dinos recently too um so he shipped us out a bottle of some uh, iron um and it's crazy concentrated apparently because you put one drop in 100 mils and then one mil of that treats 25 gallons something like that i have it i have it written down i believe that's right so uh crazy concentrated uh but he Gave me the recipe, so hopefully uh, by the time he comes out here next Wednesday, we have no more dinos. Oh, so there's a co oh. couple of tanks in the studio plus the uh, frag tank behind you there. Yeah, one system at the studio is pretty bad with it. Really? Uh, and then our main 600-gallon system, there's one tank on that system that just for some reason is just a mess with them. So um, I'm going to probably treat that whole system. Actually, I would just been treating – Chris said treat all the systems um, with a little bit of iron because that's a good trace element that the corals need too. So um, 
just something interesting that's been going on iron dosing yeah 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 um so what do you think brought on the um youtube thank you uh, that's that's a username is youtube or is it, it's actually mr youtube i don't know but thank you for the super chat the youtube himself <laughs> mr youtube thank you always good to see you, evan youtube of course keith yeah thank you mr youtube or or, yeah, or mrs you know maybe it is uh she i can't tell um so do, do you think there was anything that brought on the uh, the dinos on those tanks? Was it, was there anything that uh, you like made any changes or were they relatively young tanks? I was dosing less trace elements, you know, there after Jake passed away, you know, because the bottle wasn't going to last forever. And until I, you know, figured out where I was going to get more. Um, so there was a, a month or two there I was dosing less traces that's about the only change that that's been made. Um, it is cooler this time of year, and apparently dinos do better in cooler tanks. Huh. So that might have something to do with it. But that's those are just just guesses. Gotcha, folks. Just uh, remind you there to um, if you haven't already done that, uh, smash that like button so we can get uh, more people to watch the stream. We already got a pretty good uh, audience I'll doing us. Yeah, Evan, every little bit helps, man. Um, so, all right. Obviously, the uh, you, you know your tank is a is is uh, has been doing really really well. It sounds like it's a very simple setup, right? You've got no controller. You're not even like monitoring uh, pH. Do you do any other testing in terms of like alkalinity, calcium, nitrate, phosphate, that sort of thing? You keep yeah. I do my I try for weekly. Uh, usually more like every other week. I'll give him. Alkalinity, calcium, magnesium, salinity, um, at least those, you know, and then I got temperature constantly monitored. That's easy enough. Um, that's about it. I mean, I don't, I don't go crazy with ICP tests or anything very often. You know, I don't know, once every two years when I get a free ICP kit at MACNA, I'll send it in. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, why not? Yeah, exactly. I got, you know, if I get a free ICP test, I'll do it. But I, uh, I don't know. I dose um, some replenish for the Brightwell stuff and some amino acids. Um, so I don't really test the traces. I just dose a little bit because a little bit's a lot better than none at all. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, what about uh, salt? What are you using in terms of salt? Um, I dip into our supply at the studio from time to time and take some of the uh, Julian's um, accuracy. Yep. But most of the time I just use the... Uh, I don't know. Chris is going to make fun of me for this, but I use the Red Sea stuff. <laughs> um, what was I going to ask you? Oh. The Red Sea blue bucket, lower alkalinity. Gotcha. What I mean, what about your maintenance routine? Do you, uh, you know, lean on water changes? Is that a big part of your routine or no? No, I mean, I just I do water changes when it's necessary to siphon something out. And then, you know, even if it's, you know, as, as long as I'm doing it, maybe I'll siphon out a couple extra buckets as long as I'm doing it. Um, but I'm, you know, that's why, I mean, the salt, I don't really go through that much because I don't do water changes that often. Um, you know, I'll siphon out the sump three times a year. Um, sometimes I'll let the frag tank just like get kind of funky. I won't clean the glass on there. And then when I go through and finally do scrape the glass, it's like big sheets of algae that come <laughs> off. Um, so at that point I'll go in there with a the hose and, well, you know, that's pretty much when I do water changes is when I have to siphon something. Well, dude, I mean, you know, so you said you got four, you got four tanks at home and you got, uh, 25, is there 25 tanks right now at the uh, studio? 
couple of the smaller freshwater ones have come down recently. Um, I haven't done like a total up to date count, but in the in in the neighborhood of twenty, you know, not that many systems. But if you talk about just displays, yeah, I mean, and then he's got seven tanks on six displays so, or on six systems, something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you got a lot on your plate, man. I mean, that's a lot to take care of. I mean, I'm a hobbyist at heart. Yeah. It's hard for me to stop. Yeah. <laughs> what else am I going to yeah. do? Yeah. I mean, skiing, obviously, but. Yes. <laughs> um, so here's a question for you. <clears throat> what, you know, so you obviously you've been keeping reef tanks for a long time. And um, I think it was, uh, what, four years ago you met Jake? Started working with Jake? Something uh, that 20, Well, I mean, I met him. Um 2014 i guess right uh, but yeah i didn't start working with him until he set up the studio which was after magna vegas so that would have been 2018 so five years ago what yeah. uh you know I, I i know you know jake was always very um you know vocal about certain methods and and, and certain ways to keep a reef tank what um how, did 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 he kind of uh, his his philosophy did did anything rub off on you in terms of you know, how you keep your uh, home reef tanks? Did, did you make any changes to some methods that you had been, you know, kind of sticking to for a long time? Uh, well, for sure, there'd be sand in this tank behind me if it wasn't for Jake. <laughs> that's, that's an He's odd saying blaring. He's Mr. Bear Bottom. Oh, yeah. He actually, uh, Macna in San Diego, where I bought this tank, that was like an end-of-show deal with the tank stand and sump. Um, Jake was there, and he actually helped me load this tank up in my car. And as I was like, I don't know, I was undoing the plumbing or something like that. He comes over with a shop back from some other booth and starts sucking the sand out. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, man, <this> my sand. <laughs> really? And I talked him into letting me keep it that time. But no, I mean, that was, I think, the first thing that me and Jake like worked on together was moving this tank out of Magna Showroom in San Diego. So he was <laughs> he just wanted to take that sand and dump it. Oh, I'm sure he was waiting all weekend to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no matter who bought the tank. <laughs> um, so, all right. Sand bed, no sand bed. <clears throat> Anything else um, that rubbed off on you? Yeah, I mean, just the simplicity of how, like, how, how simple reef tanks can be. Um, you know, I'd probably have a Neptune Apex on here if, if it wasn't for Jake and saying, like, you know, you don't travel a ton. What do you need that for? Oh, the uh, the monitor, the controller. Yeah. Oh, man. And just... Just, I don't know. The way I look at the corals is like more like animals now. Yeah. You know, that rubbed off from him. Yeah. You know, he, he saw them as like living animals that were freaking cool. Yeah. Not just like something to put on display, you know, like yeah. he got into it. Yeah. And that that definitely rubbed off on me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that was something that um, hopefully rubbed off on a lot of people. That, um, you know, that was a gift that he had that uh, was uh, was a pretty rare uh, thing, you know, and, sure. and yeah, he uh, he was uh, he was the guy that kind of, you know, carried that torch. So I think, um, you know, to keep that legacy alive, it's just we we all have to kind of like. Remember the things that were really important to Jake in, in terms of that sort of thing. And, and um, you know, I also remember just, um, you know, the whole naming thing, right? Scientific names. That was another big thing that um, he really just tried to champion 
um, and and you know, just the educational piece of it all, right? Yeah, we're just uh, just trying to keep that legacy alive as best we can. Um, Franklin, I see Mark asking if the Altums are still around, and yes, yes, they are for now. Mark, we're actually we're trying to find a buyer for them, but I I may end up being that buyer. We'll what, what is uh, what is an Altum? Um, a freshwater angelfish. Ah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, Franklin West, go ahead and put sand in that tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be the day. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm, I got, you know, my 187 gallon tank. <clears throat> I, um, I've got like a little sand bed left in that thing, and I've got like some of this uh, green cyano that I've been kind of like battling for the last few weeks, and I'm like. And I'm just going to, like, freaking pull that sand bed out of there and just be done with that crap because I'm just tired of battling. But um, Unless you have to have it to, like, make your eye not twitch, then there's, it's not going to help your tank at all. And, like, I look at my tank, I'm looking at the corals, I'm looking at the fish. I don't miss this. I have never, like, missed the sand since it's been gone. You know, I put gravel in my freshwater tanks, bare-bottom freshwater tanks, Something seems a little off about that to me. I like to have just, you know, literally one piece of gravel thick. Just, you know, I'm looking at my other freshwater tank over here right now, and half the bottom, just from the pleco moving around, has no gravel, and half half the bottom has gravel. It's just having a little bit in a freshwater tank is nice. But, yeah, sand's just another headache when you end up having to move the tank. Like, Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, um, I don't know. I mean, all my wrasses have died, so <laughs> just like... You know, that was uh, plenty of brasses over the years that I guess none of them are currently living right now. And maybe that's why. But I mean, they seemed totally happy for the years that I had them. So, yeah, I know it's um, so I don't know. I mean, it's just um, I think uh, I think I might have to to uh, to take that uh, step and pull my stand. But I don't know. It's um, We'll see. I mean, I, I, I like it when it's white, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, right. but when it's got this freaking green algae on it and um, I, I oh, if I could have a, a shallow sand bed that sloped up towards the back so I didn't have that crap along the front, you know, and stayed that way and stayed white and the fish never moved it and corals never fell and died in it. Like, sure, maybe, <laughs> you know, and I've always had ugly ugly sand beds i've never taken care of my sand beds i've always kind of like had a cleanup crew to you know i've always just kind of been lazy taking that approach and had a cleanup crew i was like let them do the work i'm not going to do the work and yep. and um you know so it's never it's never been pretty when i've had a sand but but i've never had like issues like i'm uh, i'm having in the uh, in the current tank with the uh with the sand beds so uh, it's a pain in the ass and it's just a it's definitely a uh, detritus trap so uh, any, anybody out there that uh, has success with sand beds and wants to drop a few uh, words of wisdom in the chat, go for it, because uh, it's uh, something that right now I'm struggling with personally. Um, yeah, I see Mark saying he uses Reborn, the calcium reactor media, as a kind of crushed coral substrate. Yeah. Um, and if I, do, if I had to do anything, that's what I would do. That's a good idea, Mark. Yeah. Great bear to reef. Pull it and crank that flow. I know, Paul. I've got like um, I've got four MP40s in that tank, and I think I've got them like at seventy percent. So I could kind of certainly uh, crank those up. Um, Sammy, thirty-one. Yeah, I've got three MP40s and a, a Nero Five cranked at one hundred percent reef crest. So yeah, I don't think a sand bed would stay put. Chris, I uh, see. I take the sand out slowly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm planning. Yeah, on it doing. doesn't have to be like one afternoon. You can just do it over. Yeah, you know. 
I, yeah. I actually I made the decision to take the sand bed out like uh, last week, and so I uh, I siphoned a little bit of it out, and um, I was you know it was, it was uh, kind of a pain in the ass, and and then then like the next day it looked okay. I was like, all right, maybe I'll just try to uh, <laughs> maybe I'll just try to keep it and be a little bit lazy and not not pull it. But I think yeah, you got to you got to do that sort of thing slowly, right? Because um, especially if it's like established, you know, if your tank's only been up for six months, maybe you can yank it all out, but. Yeah, unless you're planning on doing a hundred percent water change at the same time, uh, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't pull it all out at once. But I'm just looking at the uh, comments. I guess pull it out, but um, all right, man. So um, I do have a little dish of sand in my frag tank for a uh, walking dendro, right? Because they seem to they seem to like sand. So I just have a little dish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's always one thing. If I wanted to, like, um, you know. I love leopard wrasses, so if I wanted to, to put, you know, some leopard wrasses back in the tank, if I pulled my sand bed, I would always, uh, I guess, have the option of taking a little um, tray of sand. Mm -hmm. I've heard that can uh, be successful. Yeah, um, if you can find a flow spot where it's not going to blow all over the place. All right, let's uh, let's incorporate some of these uh, comments and questions from the chat, and folks, feel free to drop more of them into the uh, the chat. Franklin West, what does Evan do for hair algae? I've tried a number of things like um, sea hairs and I'm ready to go ahead and put the fluconazole in, but I was trying to avoid chemicals. Any uh, Anything that you, you have done, um, you know, Evan, to battle hair algae? Well, I have used fluconazole mostly for bryopsis, but can't say it didn't uh, help with the hair algae either, actually, but I, mean, I didn't have as much at the time, so it wasn't a full-blown experiment, I suppose, but um, I struggled with this recently. My frag tank was completely overgrown with hair algae. Step one is always going to be to go in there and just pull out as much as you can, especially yes. if you have a small tank. It's it's totally manageable. Just go in there with this little siphon hose and get as much of it off as you can. You know, you kind of get the, the feel for how to siphon and pinch at the same time. And um, then the next thing I did was I got a pin cushion or um, an urchin, you know, one of those little yeah. urchins that picks up frags and carries them all over the place, which yeah. isn't the best thing for a frag tank, <laughs> but <laughs> but it did help with the hair algae quite a lot. So, um, you know, I mean, especially in a small tank, it's, it's, um, yeah, I, that's, that's what, I mean, there's no chemical trick. Fluconazole, if you're going to use chemicals, would be what I do. Um, I mean, you can try just, you know, changing more water. Um, yeah, I don't know. Herbivores, because it was growing like crazy in my frag tank, but in my big tank, there was nothing. And I'm thinking it's because I have some tangs in there, one tang in there. Yeah, you know, I always think that um, <clears throat> manual removal of whatever algae you have is like a huge, huge thing in the battle of it, right? Because if, if you're not, um, you know, getting rid of that algae, then it, and it's, it's, it's going to be sucking up a lot of phosphates and nitrates, and it's going to kind of give you the, uh, the false uh, readings that you've got zero phosphates and zero nitrates. So it's just, it's just there, and it's, it's, there's obviously phosphate that's um, going into the system. So it's always like a nutrient problem, right, in terms of algae. Yeah, well, and you have to remove it because that, that's the only way to remove right. the nutrient from the system. Right. Because if you just kill it with a chemical, then all of the nutrients that make the hair algae just dissolve back into the water. Right. And you, you know, you're back at square one. So you have to get in there and remove it. You're, you know, just manual removal. And have to. And I always say, you know, using chemicals is, is sort of like a Band-Aid. Unless you know what the problem is and you're able to solve that problem, if you hit it with chemicals, then eventually it's just going to come back, right? Because you haven't really gotten to the source of uh the nutrient issue 
Yeah, I mean, I guess also like you know, s- step one, manual removal. Step two, feed less. Yes, at least until the algae goes away. Yep. You know, it, it was interesting because um, you know I was ha- I was having this you know when I was trying to troubleshoot the uh, the uh, the algae and the sand bit in my display tank, um, I, d- I did a couple of things. One is that um, I did take a clump of sand from my sand bed, put it in a, a cup of RODI water, left it overnight, and um, did a phosphate test, and it, and it came out 0. 0.08. You know, so there was obviously phosphate in my sand bed. But um, I also did another test. I, I have this um, homemade food that I feed my tanks. You know, it's like stuff I get from the supermarket in terms of seafood, and, and um, uh, I use... Um, you know, some um, nori and, and I throw some broccoli in there. I, you know, it's like a whole mishmash. I've got reef roids I put in there, um, some garlic extract, a whole bunch of stuff. So anyway, I took a clump of the um, this uh, frozen food, defrosted it in RODI water and let it sit overnight. And then I did the same thing. Um, you know, I took another um, chunk of the food, but I rinsed it with a, uh, you know, through a, a fine mesh uh, fishnet. And um, so when I tested the unrinsed homemade food the next day with the phosphate test kit, it was off the charts. You know, I think the phosphate test kit only oh, goes, I'm sure it was, only yeah. goes to like 2.5 and it was like 2.5. It was like, it was not readable. It was too high. Yeah. And, you'd have to dilute that. Right. And before you get a good reading probably. Yeah. Right. And then the, um, you got the information you needed, a lot of phosphate. Right. And then the washed version of that same food, I think it was like 1.6. So it was still like, you know, a lot of phosphate in there, but just a simple um, washing of the food yeah. was um, something that uh, I thought was uh, also going to, um, you know, reduce the uh, the phosphates. So, yeah, I think um, that you got to look for the source, right? In terms of the, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, maybe if you had a field of green star pops in there to eat all the little bits of food or something like that, then maybe rinsing it, maybe the effect on the, the actual effect on the tank wouldn't change that much but um no I, I love little experiments like that because it just shows you black and white like yeah maybe i shouldn't be dumping that in my tank every single day three times a day <laughs> yeah um semi 31d says mexican turbos too on green hair algae yep that's a good tip mm-hmm. um mark has uh, got an interesting question this is a uh, kind of um shifting gears a little bit here evan with the massive amount of variety of corals you handle have you developed any allergic or skin reactions to specific corals? Um, any anemone for sure gets, gets, you know, it's not a bad reaction, but it's mildly irritating, kind of itchy for an hour or something like that. It's, you know, I've never had a severe reaction to anything, but um, I have noticed just every time I put my hand in any tank, you know, over the years, like my arms just kind of itchy. And, you know, even if it's a freshly set up tank with new salt water and there's no nematocysts floating around in the water or anything like that, I have noticed over the years that I've become a little bit more sensitive to just salt water in general. Um, but any LPS stinging, you know, like an elegance coral, um, I try to uh, avoid touching those as much as I can. It's not going to, like, seriously ruin my day, but mild irritation that I figure isn't going to yeah. get better if I keep doing it over and over and over again. You know, I've even heard that with things like palytoxin that, you know, one day, like they just, I don't know, it like builds up in your system or something weird, you know, who knows, but, um, 
Yeah, pale, nothing specific to any coral. Just, I mean, that carpet anemone, I always wear the arm length glove when I'm scrubbing that tank down. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that thing will just stick to your arm and you peel it off and you still got little blue specks all over your arm. <laughs> and there's, you know, even as you're rinsing them off in the sink, they're still stinging you. And yeah, I try to avoid that one. Yeah. I, um, question though, Mark. I've never had any, uh, carpet anemones, but they're gorgeous. And I guess you gotta like have the right kind of setup for for one of those things, right? I mean, I oh, I I think I've seen um, some pretty kick-ass SPS dominant reef tanks with carpet and enemies. I think um, John Cops uh, Capolino oh, yeah. has yeah. Uh, that. Uh, I I believe he does. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it's somebody else. Um, Sammy thirty one D. Yeah, I mean, fish is the only issue with them, right? You know, or, or obviously, if they crawl over a coral, that's not good. But if they stay in their corner of the tank, you know, I mean, fish getting stuck in them that'd be the only problem. Um, Sammy thirty one D, you ever got blisters? I had one recently, fragging and working in a NEM tank, bro. I woke up with a blister on my knuckle and couldn't bend my finger. No previous injury. I was baffled. Hmm. Um, not. Really? I mean, I guess, you know, the, when, when your skin turns red where it got stung, it kind of swells up a little bit, but that's not exactly a blister. Um, no, no, knock on wood, no blisters yet. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, man, you want to uh, you want to you want to talk about the uh, the studio? I know. Um, so you provided me, Evan, with a, uh, a studio walk around video, but then I also um, downloaded that one that you had um, put on the Reef Builders YouTube channel. Should I should I start showing the walk around video? Yeah, I was gonna say maybe before we totally switch gears. Now that this oh, camera's yeah. working again, I can just have a yeah, quick yeah. Go you for know, it, man. two minute walk yeah. around. I think I got the. Yeah, I think you're all squared there. I think I got it all there. set up. Unless the same thing happens again. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I am, oh, the camera's not plugged into power this time. So all right, nothing's gonna change. And then. Output. Mark Van der Waal, yeah, paper cuts on the hand are great at detecting stray voltage, for sure. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they sure <clears throat> are. Whenever I walk around in the summertime in my uh, frag tank room, I, I don't. It's a slab, cement slab floor. If I don't have any shoes on, I even if I don't have any stray voltage, I feel like a tingling. Yeah, I. I mean, you know, early days when I was getting into the hobby, I was growing up with you know Craig's or. Uh, classified tanks and uh just you know garage sale light fixtures and stuff and i got electrocuted so many <laughs> dang times i hate the feeling of electricity from growing up in this hobby man <laughs> all right let's see are we still connected yes cool let's see it doesn't show what I'm looking at on my phone, which is kind of weird. But um, so this is kind of one of my favorite things recently is some fancy goldfish I oh. got. Um, I was I was out doing a, a fish store run, distributing some reef stock flyers, and I don't know, man. There's just something so nostalgic about these guys. Yeah, it's like <laughs> classic. What what kind of goldfish are those? Uh, fantails, orandas, uh, no rayukans, um, orandas. Um, Moors, Blackmore, Telescope, Eyes, you know. Nothing like crazy fancy. I was looking on some goldfish websites I was maybe going to order from. Um, and you can spend big bucks on some crazy looking really? goldfish. But, yeah, oh, man, big like time. What you, well, I mean, just um, um, humor me. Like, what would, what would like, a, like a fancy, you know, rare goldfish cost 
I guess koi, it's like... Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's yeah. koi that go for like yeah. millions of yeah. dollars. And I think there's some goldfish that do too. But, you know, on the websites I was looking at, you know, you, you could spend 600 to to $1,000 on a fish. No problem. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I hope, hopefully they're... But yes, yeah, so these guys hopefully are fun. They're long, hopefully then, they're uh, long-lived. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, goldfish can live like 50, 60 years, Holy something crap. like that. Uh, the fancy ones don't, I don't think they live quite as long, but I mean, if nothing else goes wrong, you know, you can probably expect to get 20 years out wow. of them. Like clownfish. So and I, as a kid, I had one that was the size of a soccer ball, <laughs> you know, the body ones. <laughs> so they can get pretty big. I've got the, got the Aristone going back there. So they got plenty of oxygen. You got a little that. treasure chest going there back there. Where's, where's that? No, I was just joking. Oh no! I see. Yeah, it's just a normal yeah, air, okay. airstrip. Yeah, I, I I do have a bubbling ship. Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this tank. I guess anybody that watches reef builders will have seen. Uh, this was looking pretty crappy just a few months ago. Um, I need. I didn't clean the outside of the glass. I uh, didn't think I was going to be showing this off really, but um, yeah, started getting more frags in here. Cleaned up. I still got to take out a bunch of uh, aptasia. What's uh, what's your um, go-to for Aptasia? Um, if I'm doing it manually, I'll go ahead and use um, sodium hydroxide, yep. which is lye. Yeah. And then biological, um, I have a file fish in the main tank. Aptasia eating file fish. Um, that I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen an Aptasia in there in years with him. Uh, we have a copper band at the studio that you, like you put a rock in there with an aptasia, like a frag plug with one aptasia on that, and, and he goes straight to it. It's the craziest thing. It's great. Um, so actually, the main rock I have in here with that gorgonian um, was down at the studio originally. Actually, um, I might just take that down and plop it in the coral flat over the weekend, <laughs> and I bet it'll be clean by the time I yeah. come in on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, that might be the best course of action. Um, all right, and then to continue yeah. the tour a little bit, and then I've got a few corals down in the sump down here uh -huh. too, um, just frags from when I tore down the uh, the bird's nest and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Um, and over here, I've got just a community tropical freshwater tank, some harlequin rasboras, Buenos Aires tetras, Siamese algae eaters, um, old pair of uh, silver dollars I've had for a while. Um, nothing really fancy in here, just kind of like the goldfish, just another nostalgia, you know, it's just all nostalgic to me. So, um, and it's a good place. I don't know when I'm going around to fish stores, I see like random freshwater fish and it's, I, I just got to have a community tank. So if I see something I must have, I can, I can take it home. Have you ever uh, um, dabbled see. in, uh, in, uh, the freshwater plants? Not a lot. No, actually, I guess we'll skip a skip ahead in the tour. I've got a couple over here. This is another tank I just set up. I've got some fancy guppies. Oh, cool. Love uh, the skull. And some little quarries and stuff like that. Yeah, the skull with the uh, Apano bulb stuck in there. So that's this is pretty much all that I have for live yeah. plants. Um, you know, nothing I, nothing crazy. I think that is I think that's hornwort is the other one. I, I never had any luck with the uh, with live uh, planted tank. I, I just couldn't couldn't keep it going but i you know i wasn't uh my understanding is like you got to like have the uh the substrate right and, and, I, and i guess some people use carbon dioxide and all that stuff but uh yeah we've got a couple well one main planted tank down at the studio that i maintain 
Um, and it's got CO2 and I don't even remember what we put in there for substrate back when we set, I mean, we set that up like five years ago. So yeah, I don't know. Plants are something on the horizon for me possibly to do yeah. someday, but cool. Yeah. So I've got some fancy guppies. I've got a jewel cichlid that's real shy. Hardly ever comes out of the vase. Oh, it's actually back in the corner right now, oh, yeah. but, um, yeah, just a little five gallon tank here pretty much. Sweet. Uh, frag tank, uh, like I said, I had a bunch of uh, hair algae in here recently, and it still has a bunch of like dinos and weird bubbly yeah. crap. Uh, so I'm not out of the woods yet, but I took a lot of the corals out of here and put them over in the 40 uh -huh. gallon, um, just to make some space so that because I knew the algae was going to come back, and I don't need to be shuffling around 100 corals every time I'm trying to suck the algae out. So this tank's a little underpopulated at the moment, but. A um, couple torches, um, Samacora. Uh, I do have a pair of the uh, Biota captive bred mandarins oh, nice. in here. I don't know if you can that one that just swam past in the back. Um, I picked those up in Milwaukee at Macna, and they were just – I mean, they've, they're five times the size they were. <laughs> they were so that's, small. That's a beautiful thing, man. <laughs> yeah, so they're cool. And then I got one, one clownfish in here and a cleaner shrimp. Yep. Very cool. So, yeah, this tank's not, like, super showcased right now, but it's always good to have extra square footage for corals. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's tied in to the, main, to the main system. You know, sump down here is pretty simple. Clarity. Built a roll. Yeah, my phone's not showing me what I'm yep, filming. So it's see kind it. of tricky. Yep. <laughs> All right, yeah, Clarity, uh, max spec jump, skimmer. There's the uh, calcster, which is, like, bone dry on calc. I need to recharge that yep. soon. Um, carbon, the top of one of those BRS carbon reactors. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, once every six months, I'll throw some carbon in there and turn that manifold on. It's not, not like constantly running, but you know, if I'm stirring up a bunch of crap in the tank, I'll put that on there. Um, I actually am back to a mag nine for my return pump right now. And it's looking kind of, kind of funky right there, but yeah. Um, yeah. Cause the, uh, power supply, I think that's what the issue is. The power supply for my Vectra died. And the, the plumbing height um, of a Mag-9 is the exact same, so I didn't have to change anything. I just had to swap out the pump. And that Mag-9, man, that run that ran my old tank for 14 years, and here it is still just wow. chugging away. So. Well, yeah, you're obviously <laughs> keeping up with the maintenance, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to do much with that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, I do try to take it apart at least once or twice a yeah. year. Yeah, you, you did a uh, video, right, on Reef Builders about tank maintenance and stuff, how important that is. Yeah, yep. yeah. I should, I, should, I should probably do another one here before I, you know, as long as I'm. Uh oh, what happened? We could still hear you. All Your right. Video froze though. What is it about putting this thing on the tripod? <laughs> it doesn't like the tripod, huh? Oh. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Gotcha. I think the uh, tripod mount is pressing buttons on the screen ah. as I'm locking it in yeah. place. Um. Cool. I mean, that's uh, that's a very eclectic uh, collection you got there, Evan. <laughs> yeah. So now I guess that's just and I yeah I've got you know some random little fish bowls and stuff around too, but we don't need, we don't need to uh, take the whole show to talk about every little thing I've got with water in it. But so is that a good segue yeah, to talk about the uh, studio? I think that's a good segue. All right, yes. I'm gonna start playing the studio uh, walk around video you supplied here, and um, you're gonna. Um, me uh yeah it's muted this is on youtube if anybody wants to uh see it later oh it's on youtube 
Isn't that the? Oh yeah. Okay. Isn't it? I don't know if I included that. This is actually this is from a talk I gave in Norway. I filmed a little walk around to the studio. Um, I don't know how much narration this needs right now, and if I'm watching it on YouTube right now. Yeah. And there's going to be a delay, so um, narration might be tricky. But this just kind of walks around the studio. Um, briefly to just kind of give you a sense of the, the size of the place. You know, this didn't really go into specifics on any of the tanks. This is more just to kind of get the layout of the place is why I filmed this. Yep. So I was giving a, a presentation over in Norway, and I wanted to, to show it off a little bit. Yep. Yep. Ah, it's looking awesome, Evan. See the coral flats. What? Uh, oh, yeah, you're ahead of me. I'm watching it over here on YouTube, 20 seconds behind. Yep. <laughs> So, um, all right, a couple of questions for you about the studio tanks. Any favorite tanks for you uh, at the studio? Uh, that an enemy system is is hard to beat. You know, I hate working on it. The clearance on that tank sucks. <laughs> I hate cleaning that tank, but it's just one of those retail racks that you'd see like fish in basically at Petco or something like that. And the selection of corals that Jake put in there, you know, we've got the shroom room, the chalice palace. Um <laughs> I, I don't know what we dubbed the middle tank and then the anemone, a uh, bunch of anemones up top. And, you know, if I walked into a fish store and saw that, like, glowing wall of corals in a retail rack like that, I'd be like, oh, I'm coming back to this fish store forever. <laughs> yes. I'm, um, uh, I'm playing the video of the, uh, the 30-minute uh, video. I'm trying to, like... So, yeah, yeah find the highlights. The first, um, yeah. the first shot is the uh, one of the peninsula tanks. Yeah, we call that the flagship tank. Flagship uh, tank. Flagship peninsula. And actually, man, I just I, so this, these video, this was all filmed um, about September. And actually, just looking at it, I was just looking at the zoanthids that are on the bottom of that tank, and they have grown so much in so little time. Really? Yeah. What is that? A Looney Tunes? Uh... Um, the uh, bizarre. Yes. It's like three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so let me fast forward through here a couple of these um, tanks. Um, yeah. So I think somebody asked, uh, "Is the um, Jake's Weeping Willow how's that doing?" And um, we haven't had that for years. Haven't had that for years. No. Sanjay was the only other one with peace, and uh, apparently he lost his also. So the Weeping Willow is no more. We have that one there in the flagship that is a, a weeping willow look-alike, but that that weeping willow was was special. You know, you, when you could you could tell that it was not any of these other leathers. Um, and yeah, it was right after we set up the studio. I mean, we had like a dime-sized piece of it that we were trying to nurse back to life, and just yeah, it just didn't make it. All right, so now we're looking at the coral flats. Oh, and then we just went to a. Uh... Uh, freshwater neon tetra tank. Okay, yeah, we got a decent amount of freshwater at the uh, studio too. That's the, so that's I guess that yeah, that's the planted tank I was talking about down there. I love neon tetras. I mean, are they tough to keep? Do those things croak all the time? I mean, is it like you got to replenish the tetras or? If you get, I think in the video we're looking at right now, they're cardinals, which oh, are cardinals. A, okay, a little bit touchier than neons. Neons are, you know, one or two steps more hardy than cardinals are. Um, if you get a good source for them, they're bulletproof, you know, but they're so often packed in tanks, with thousands of them, 
where disease is rampant and yeah i mean that's kind of the story with a lot of freshwater fish if you get a source for healthy ones you're golden yes that's that seems like the key but now we're looking at another peninsula tank here with the um yeah it's our uh Montsport dominated yep. red sea yep 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 so that's cool. Um, and anybody who's interested in, in more information about these tanks, you know, over the last year or two, we've we've showcased, we've done a video like going in depth on each one of these tanks and kind of what's in it as far as fish and corals and what do we use for lights and, you know, all of that information has been documented as we set these tanks up and kind of followed them over the years. Yep. Um, coral flats tanks. There's a, I can see a wing uh, cap, side cap. Yep, that is a lynx eye in that coral flat. Yep, right. Yep. Yep. Um, pretty amazing stuff. The uh, the Christmas tree rock. That's so cool. Yeah, that little tank is the best. I love those little things. Yeah, you, you don't see them very often. So, you know, a lot of corals at the studio. What? Um, I don't know if we asked you this question. What? Uh, any? Um, yeah, I think we did ask you what your favorite pool was. Uh, favorite, yeah, Lynx Eye, Lynx Eye. The, the encrusting Hydnophora, when that thing's healthy and happy, like, it looks so, like, it's just fuzzy. <laughs> it's so, it's great. Um, Ghanis, obviously, there's some really nice Ghanis down there that I'm in love with. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think we kind of covered that earlier. Yeah. All right, what about fish, man? What uh, what are some of your favorite fish in the studio? The studio, there's these uh, Brazilian flameback angels that we have in the mangrove tank. Uh -huh. They're just they're so cute when they're eating. It. Like I don't know something about them. I love them. Um, we had a leopard wrasse that uh, I don't know, it was probably a year or two ago that that thing died, but that was definitely one of my favorites. Um, the dark uh, eye damsels. There's two damsels that start with an S, and I always get them mixed up. Uh -huh. Stark Eye and... Um... Anyway, yeah, some of those, like, weirder damsels that you don't see every day. Um, definitely like those. Um, trying to think. I don't know. We got a Yerple Tang. Everybody's, like, all excited about those these days. I don't know. Ours just hides a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw one of those, um, a few of those, I think at um, Magna. They did have some at Magna. Right, they yeah. had some at Magna, yeah. yeah. We had ours before that, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, not, they're, they're yeah, interesting. I don't know for a while, but it hasn't grown much. doesn't come, you know, I mean, it comes out, grabs some food, and then goes back in the rocks. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, they're interesting fish, and it's, like, amazing in terms of, like, how, you know, the story behind the fish in terms of getting yeah, the, the story more than the actual fish, I think. Right. I didn't see the, uh, you know, the whole attraction in terms of the look of the fish. It didn't seem to be that vibrantly colored, but I think that's also something that um, you see a lot with captive raised fish is that maybe the colors don't, um, are not on par with, uh, you know, their, uh, their wild counterparts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I saw a video of one that looked pretty nice, but still, I don't know what they want for them. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's crazy money, man. You know what I mean? It's just like, it ain't happening for me. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'll just go buy a copper band or something for 60 bucks. <laughs> I mean, for your home tanks. Is there... I see great pre-reef in the chat. Uh, Springer Eye, that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yes, thank you. Ah, yeah. 
I mean, for your uh, for your home tanks, anything that you uh, fish wise would love to have, but you don't. More wrasses, you know. And I was saying mine kind of vanished on me recently, or I had one that I mean he jumped out and was going through a rough time. I was thinking he was going to pull through, but I haven't seen him for a while. Um, yellow chorus wrasse I just got because I think he might eat some nudibranchs, and then it's like the third one i've got that either just jumped out blatantly like through like the smallest hole ever possibly imaginable or just simply disappeared um so yeah more wrasses would be dope um i don't know i have that one lone bang guy i kind of want to get more friends for him um you know nothing crazy i guess but um yeah, I've, I've got a bang eye cardinal too. Convict tang, something like that would be cool in here. I'm sorry, what? Like uh, maybe a convict tang yeah. or something like that. I've never had one of those before. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we have one in every tank at the studio, but I've never had one at home. Uh, I don't know. My my sights have kind of been turned to the freshwater fish a lot more recently. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm still a reef keeper at heart. But when I'm going around to all these fish stores, I keep seeing these freshwater fish being like, man, I need to set up another freshwater tank and another freshwater tank and another freshwater tank. <laughs> That's a problem, dude. It is. A, it's an addiction. Uh, Mark says. Uh, when you're buying schools of, you know, 15, 20 fish, that costs as much as a saltwater fish. Yeah. So, you know, people are like, freshwater is cheap. And I'm like, man, I spend more on my freshwater tanks than I do on my saltwater tank. <laughs> So Mark says, uh, I need a black long nose tang in my life, but man, they've gotten pricey. Yeah, I don't even know what they cost these days, but it's it's crazy money. I've, I've actually had one black long nose tang in my reef keeping career. And um, I, I, you know, I'm, I probably paid like four or five hundred dollars for it years and years and years ago. And um, the freaking thing developed lateral line disease. It's such ah. a bummer. So um, I, I actually I gave it away to somebody that said they could potentially uh heal it so hopefully that worked out mm -hmm. yeah we've got a few tangs that if they were easy to catch out of a reef that we might <laughs> like hey if you think you can uh get this tang looking good then, but yeah i don't know um blue reef any news when we will see hawaii fish come to the states yeah i think there was some, some there was actually something on reef builders i saw an article about uh there you know they there's another uh, potential uh, suit. So there looked like there was some hope, but now that it looks like it's going back into the courts there. So Chris is saying Hawaii, March 24th. Okay. So I don't know if that's this year. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and, and what that would be for, if that's for everything or what. But Mark says my uh, convict tang turned psycho, so now he's my sump tang. Ah, uh, yeah. That can happen sometimes. That happened to me once with a powder blue tang. <laughs> it all of a sudden like just wigged out on everybody. And um, I mean, this thing, like any new fish I would put into the tank, this powder blue tank, it would like have these uh, all of a sudden, like these vertical lines would just kind of like appear and he would just get so pissed off mm -hmm. that it was like, like just, it was crazed. Um, Iotis uh, CB Regal Angelfish would be a great addition. Jason Langer. Yeah. Yeah. The Biotis stuff is pretty cool. I think, you know, there's... Uh... Yeah, I was looking or I was watching um, 
Mark Levinson did an interview with Jake from Biota, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and I was watching that, and they were talking about some of the little fish they had, and I was really starting to think, like, man, it's tempting. Because <laughs> I, I love small stuff, too. You know, I was, Actually, for this tank back here, even though it's 90 gallons, I want a bunch of neon gobies for it. Just little, little tiny guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a um, Biota Captive Rays regal angelfish that had some crazy crazy miss bars i bought it from another hobbyist uh -huh. and i actually picked it up at reef palooza in new york this past june and and that's like my holy grail fish i, I also have another miss bar regal angelfish on my peninsula tank <clears throat> so i was so stoked to get this uh this fish and um so i put it in into my uh 187 gallon display tank and it just like went to town on all my frags so I had to get I had to get rid of it, which just yeah, broke, got you something about that real quick. <laughs> broke my heart, broke my yeah. heart. Um, so all right, man, let's uh, let's let's uh, I, and I don't want to I don't want to like um, um, you know get the uh, memory thing going too much with you there, um, Evan. But um, I think one question that um, would be interesting to hear from you in terms of uh, with Jake would be kind of like your favorite story that uh, if. Um, you know, one sticks out with uh, with Jake. I don't know if that's something you uh, could share or not, but if you want to pass on that, I completely understand. No, it's I just it's I I saw this question coming, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> you were uh, hoping it wasn't gonna like. Uh... <laughs> it's hard to narrow it down to one. I guess my favorite Jake Adams memory and story is the story of us building the studio. You know, that's over years. Uh, it's, which is a long story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have to get into the whole thing, but um, um, I don't know. I mean, when, I I would always love when I'd catch him calling a coral by the wrong name or calling oh, really or saying heads instead of polyps or you know ah. I, those those were always fun moments, um, and vice versa. You know, he'd catch me saying you know doing this making the same mistakes or you know the third time I flooded something at the studio that like that week, he's like, are you going to learn? You know, I don't know. It wasn't fun at the time, but those are, you know, those memories are, are good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I hear you, man. And driving around to fish stores with him, you know, it was always so much fun going, running errands to just to go whatever, you know, shooting videos with him was a lot of fun. Just to, ah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I um, I got to know Jake. Cheers through, to that. Yeah, Jake's uh, Jake. go-to here. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I got to know Jake through this uh, this live stream pretty much. I met him once in person back in um, might have been 2017 in a reef of Palooza in New York, and and uh, I was I was a fledging YouTube person, so I just started up my channel. I was like a nobody. And uh, Jake didn't know me from Adam, and but I knew Jake. You know, he was he was sitting there. He had a booth at Reef of Palooza for reef builders, and and I just came up to him. I was like, you know, and and probably a very awkward voice. I asked him to uh, to say a few words about Reef of Palooza, and and uh, I I think I'm so embarrassed. I don't even like go back and look at you know back at that video that I had him actually say something, but. Um, so, you know, he, um, he just like, he didn't even like flinch. He didn't even hesitate. You know, it was just kind of like, boom. Um, yes, I will, um, do exactly, you know, what, uh, 
you're asking me to do. And, and, uh, you know, I think that says a lot about him, but, um, you know, in, yeah, in the, uh, you know, in the short time that I, um, I knew him and, and mostly it was through these conversations on the live stream, you know, and, and, you know, we got to texting and, and, uh, or more, more like DMing and, and all that stuff. And, and he had, um, you know, said to me, man, you got to come out to restock this year. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's in beginning of March, and that's great time to go skiing and all that stuff. And I was yeah. like, "All right, I sign me up for that." But um, even you know, he just struck me as a very very passionate guy, and um, they uh, to a yeah yeah you know. And listen, you know, he um, he challenged me on a lot of stuff. I know he challenged a lot of other people on stuff. And a lot of times people didn't see eye to eye with, uh, with Jake. And I, you know, I didn't always agree with what, um, you know, he said, but, um, you, you, you had to like the, the passion you had to like the, uh, you know, the knowledge that he had accumulated over the years. And he was just, um, a great ambassador to this hobby. And, and, um, you know, he's, he's just missed sorely. And, and to me, I, I, can't, I can't imagine, dude, what you've been going through and what Windsor has been going through, you know, his wife. But it rocked my world, you know, when I when I heard about it. And, um, you know, I was talking to Meckley about it. it. It Obviously, it rocked his world. They were um, they were really uh, very close. And, and, you know, I don't want to get too emotional here, Evan, but... Uh, yeah, it's all good. I, I, yeah, I'm right there with, <laughs> with, you know, I spent more time with him than anybody else by far for the last couple of years, you know, yeah. like I have tons of other friends, but I never spent eight hours a day with them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, eight hours a week with them. Um, you know, I, I, I did, um, there is a link in the, uh, in the video description for the, uh, for the GoFundMe for, yeah. uh, for Windsor. So, um, folks, I think, um, Windsor would really appreciate it if, uh, if you can, um, you know, see to helping support their, um, their unborn baby which will be yeah and we've got an auction going up uh coming up uh around the 23rd 24th 23rd something like that of this month uh merman's reef is going to be helping put that on um and that's basically a couple weeks ago when chris meckley was at the studio that's what we were doing um there was a lot of those big colonies of corals this is going to be kind of showing up and you know i'm kind of uh spoiler alert on a future video here a little bit but um a lot of those colonies that just had flatworms that was just going to be like i you know i'm certainly not <laughs> i don't have the manpower to do everything else and kill all these flatworms and so uh we got some help in there we made like 600 frags um and you know we still have every strain at the studio you know we, we were not losing anything but those flats were getting really overgrown and just building up detritus where it shouldn't have been and you know flow wasn't getting where it needs to be and all that so, so um yeah uh those frags made their way down to jack's shop um last week end of last week so they're gonna sit there and kind of uh, encrust for a couple weeks and then there will be an auction and all the proceeds will go to windsor as well nice. so keep an eye out for yep. that all right so let's let's talk about restock what um so there's there was a question before um before we get into that um jason langer had asked this question earlier and i forgot to ask you this question <coughs> excuse me um ask evan what is a must see for those coming to denver for the first time next month for restock so i guess besides going to restock and besides going to local fish stores what's a must see in in the denver area yeah fish stores i guess would be an obvious one um especially because it's winter and fish stores are a nice warm place to go <laughs> hang out um if it was summertime i'd say definitely go see a concert at red rocks 
um, but I don't, they have a pretty sparse schedule during the winter. So, I mean, you could still go there. It's open to the public to just go walk around, but, you know, you don't really get the excitement if you're not at a show. Um, what else around Denver is really cool? Yeah, I mean, the Refilter Studio is pretty cool. There you go. <laughs> you can come check that out. <laughs> that open for tours? <laughs> um. Reefstock weekend is pretty much the only time that it potentially is. Yeah. God. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of, there's good restaurants and, you know, I mean, to me, the biggest attraction of Denver is getting out of the city and going to see the mountains up where I live. You know, even if you don't go skiing or anything like that, just to come up here and, you know, if you don't live in the, in the mountains and, uh, you know, I have friends that come up here that feel like they're in a whole nother world cause they're from somewhere flat. So that's to me. I think the biggest attraction of Denver is not actually in Denver itself. So a couple, but it's only about an hour away. A couple so, more su- you know, suggestions. Yep, a couple more suggestions. Mark is saying Denver Aquarium is pretty good. Um, Denver Aquarium, yeah, yeah. How could I forget about that? Actually, um, the curator Rob from the uh, Aquarium came over to the studio a couple weeks ago too, and got a bunch of the uh, Jake collected kind of Jake Reef Builders corals. So. I mean, he's, you know, he's going to obviously quarantine everything before he just puts them in one of his exhibits. <laughs> so it might be a little while, but uh, maybe next year at Restock, you can look for a Jake Adams bomby in one of the, <laughs> the tanks, at the Denver Aquarium. Um, Chris at ACI, the 30-year-old hammer at Neptune's. That's at a local fish store, right? There's a 30-year-old hammer. Yeah, we, uh, we went to, I actually took Chris there because that's down next to Chris Capp's shop, Aquatic Art. It's, I don't know, not even 10 minutes down the road from there. Um, and the hammer was looking a little closed up the day that we were in there. But, um, you know, I've seen that thing in every stage of happiness over the years. <laughs> so, <laughs> is, that a, is that a branching hammer? It's a wall hammer. Whoa, wall hammer. That's like really impressive yeah. because those are tough to keep. Yeah. Jeez. I believe it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a wall hammer. Yeah. Um, what's Jack and Gabe? Uh, those are the two that run Merman's oh, Reef, okay. the shop in Denver that's doing the auction. Amanda yeah. was asking about that or mentioned that. Um, all right, yeah, so restock, man. Talk to us about uh, restock in terms of the show and what to expect and all that fun stuff. Um, well, so, I mean, I've been driving these flyers around, uh, but there's a few speakers that I've seen popping up on our social media that aren't even on there uh, that kind of have, are getting added last minute. Um What's his name? Anthony from Delua, I think I saw on yeah. there. Um, don't quote me on any of this. Let me pull up restock.show <laughs> for the latest info. Um, but yeah, it's a two-day event for people who are unfamiliar. Um, that's going to be the biggest one yet. Lots of vendors this year. Uh, I went to a reptile conference in the same location uh, about six months Uh ago, and I realized, like, how big that room can get if they open up all the walls. And I don't know if we're using the whole space, but I think it's going to be, you know, at least one of those extra rooms over what we had last year. And we are adding some freshwater booths this year. Uh, I was up at Algae, not Algae Barn, um, Fish Crew in Fort Collins. They have a booth there, and they're bringing a bunch of freshwater plants and stuff like that this year, actually. So um, and maybe I'll have a planted tank before i before i there know it <laughs> the i can't really share my screen can i no nah, unless you wanted to uh, use your phone to like show the screen but 
Mm, I don't know if there's. Yeah. Well, here's a good question so, for you. What's yeah. what's different, you know, in terms of restock versus other shows out there? You could kind of point something. Yeah, it's kind of a hybrid, almost feeling between like a Reef of Palooza and a Macna. Um, you know, we definitely have a lot of livestock vendors, especially a lot of our local guys. Yep. Uh, come and set up a booth. So it's definitely got that frag swap kind of energy going on. But it's also got speakers. And, you know, Reef of Palooza doesn't really do the whole speaker thing. And the whole like educational thing is like why I fell in love with going to Macna. Yeah. So Reefstock is trying to take that all like to the next level and kind of merge it all into into one like ultimate show basically yep um and we've got oh, the list i mean it's too many to count right now i wish i had an exact count on how many vendors we had this year but i'm looking at the floor plan and there's a lot of big booths and double booths um and a whole section in the back with some freshwater stuff um uh, the raffle um i'm not sure if 100 percent of it is going towards windsor this year but i know there is definitely some raffle um, kind of happening to go towards towards her as well. So, um, and the raffle's always great. You know, I think we do two raffles per day. So there's you know great prizes from all the sponsors that uh, donate all kinds of fun stuff from whole tank setups to test kits. You know, you can get a little bit of everything. Yep, yep. And you got great speaker lineup. I think you got uh, Than from Title Gardens is going to be. We, big. I know we have Than. Yep, Mr. Meckley. But I, I, Meckley. I bet he's not going to talk about pH. Um, he better not. <laughs> oh, and Amanda says that uh, they're bringing some of Jake's corals from the farm, and we'll be adding them to the raffle. All proceeds are going to Windsor. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Yep. All right. Here's the updated ones. Um, Saturday speakers, we got Than. Got Anthony from Delua. I believe that's who that is. Uh, we have a fragging demo for with Chris Meckley from ACI. Um, and Sunday, Chris Meckley uh, speaking on commercial coral farming. Ben Johnson from Reef Beef. Right. Many of you guys probably know him. Um, he's speaking at 1 p.m. on Sunday, Aquarium Maintenance Tips and Tricks. Um, and then Taras Pleskun. I'm not familiar with that name. So, um, But, yeah, we have three speakers each day. So, cool. Or, yeah, three speakers and then a fragging demo on Saturday. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Well, I am certainly looking forward to uh, to going to the show. It's going to be my first uh, Reefstock uh, show. And, and uh, yeah, I wish I wish we could have uh, hooked up skiing, man. I can't. Uh, I know you're busy getting ready for the show, and, and I'm going to do some skiing out in Utah before that. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, hopefully maybe if the stars align the next time, we could, uh, you could show me around. I'm sure uh, – you know where all the uh, the hidden stashes are where you're at in there in Colorado, man. Oh yeah, even at busy old Breckenridge, I can go up there and find find fresh stuff. So <laughs> excited, done a little bit of exploring on that mountain, that's for sure. Um, but, all right, but uh, getting back to Restock, I guess if folks want to find out more of purchase tickets, you just go to Restock.show, correct? Uh, correct. Yes. Yep. Okay. And like I said. Um, we also have a link in the video description for the GoFundMe for um, for Windsor, Windsor. So please, uh, folks, um, if um, if you haven't already made a donation, it would um, be greatly appreciated. Uh, Evan, man, any uh, any final thoughts before we uh, sign off? 
Uh, well, actually talking about Reefstock kind of did remind me of a funny Jake story. It was before I really even knew him. Like, I knew who he was, obviously, because I was at Reefstock. Um, but I had, you know, bought a coral or whatever I bought. I assume it was a frag or something at a booth at Reefstock. And then, you know, a, a good number of hours had went by, and I was over at another booth on the other side of the show. And, you know, totally put that in the past. And then Jake comes over. And this was at uh, Gonzo's booth, if anybody remembers Gonzo at Reefstock. He, he, I think he moved out to Kansas or something. I don't know. Um, uh, but Jake comes over and, like, right right in front of me, you know, flashes a credit card and says, Josh, I'll buy their whole booth. And then just kind of pauses. And I look at the credit card and it has my name on it. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on right now? I'd forgotten my card at that other booth, like, earlier that day. And Jake knew who I was, at least at the time, enough to track me down and and i was looking at that like you yeah. <laughs> if you're buying it on that card i'm taking it all myself yeah nice 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 so I, was uh, kind of, I kind of forgot about that actually that's awesome that's, that's awesome fine. but no um yeah now so i think i think it'll uh it'll be a great time so folks if you haven't um you know still uh decide to push the button or not and restock Highly recommend yeah, going. Do it. I mean, we got a great location for it. The hotel is literally 10 minutes from the airport. There's not much in Denver that's 10 minutes from the airport, but Reefstock is. Um, and, you know, you can get cheap flights to Denver. It's kind of a central hub, so you can swing a round trip for 120 bucks, maybe something like that. And, uh, you know, a $20, $20 Uber to get out to the show and, and you're there for the weekend. So... Um, it's a really convenient location. You know, it used to be a little further south down in town. I don't know, 30, 40 minutes from the airport. But now it's only 10 minutes from the airport. So come on out, guys. It's going to be a great show. Cool. All right, man. Well, listen, Evan, thanks again, dude, for uh, for taking the time to uh, to join us tonight. We really uh, appreciate it. So I want to thank you for that. Um, I also want to thank Bulk, uh, Bulk uh, Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine for sponsoring the live stream. And I also want to thank all you folks out there for tuning in tonight. Really appreciate it, especially the, the Super Chats. Finally, a big thank you to Paul, the moderator, who is also the president of the Boston Reefer Society. Please join and support your local reefing clubs. They are so, so important to this hobby. I also want to let you know that all episodes of Wrap on the Reef Bum are available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon. My next Wrapping with the Reef Bum live stream will be on Thursday, next Thursday, February 16th at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My guest will be Than from Tidal Gardens. And if you want to check out the full upcoming schedule of guests, go to reefbum.com on the YouTube section. Until then, be safe and be well, and we will see you next time. Uh, thanks, Keith. Thanks, Evan. <laughs>